from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Celebrating Powerhouse Women is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated and Capital City Home Loans. And hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. This is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. Today, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce our, our guest for the day, and it is the Honorable Judge Erica Dove. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I know you actually just had court today prior to arriving for our show. I did. So you're just a, a fast-paced, hard-working gal. <laughs> trying to get it done. And for those of you who can't quite see you yet, because they'll see the photos later, you wore that pop of pink to, to promote the powerhouse ladies. It's also my favorite color, and you look very powerful in it. Well, thank you very much. I had no idea, but I love it. All right. Well, for the listeners that might not have had the opportunity to meet you throughout the community or at networking events, Erica is not only a judge, but formerly owned a practice, um, practicing law, and we'll learn more about that. She is a community servant and leader, obviously. She's a dog mom, and she works for the Gwinnett State court judge and she's the elect of division five correct yes. all right i didn't want to didn't want to miss anything out well let's start like in the way way back erica you were born in washington dc share a little bit about uh, maybe your childhood on up to how you got to georgia okay so i was born in dc um i still have family up there my sister and my niece and nephew and all those they still live up there i've been here since the second grade though so it's been a quite a while since I've been here I would call myself a peach but then I don't when I go back to DC so it, I'm not sure whether I'm a peach or not you're a transplant and there you go that's what I am too been here since 80 uh-huh I went to Beaver Ridge Elementary School Sweetwater Elementary School I mean middle school and Meadow Creek High School so you've been a local gal. I have. Which gives you all the more uh, understanding of the community that you serve th through the judicial system. And how it's changed and evolved. Yes. Share with our listeners and me a little bit about how you kind of became passionate about what you do and kind of what led you down that career path. Okay. So I did go to Howard University. I came back and I went to a big firm. I went to King & Spalding initially. I um, was there for almost three years. And then I was a prosecutor. As a new, because as I said at King and Spalding, I wasn't getting practice in actual, the practice of law. Because you do a lot of computer office work when you're at King and Spalding, you're wor more of a worker bee. But I, I wanted to make sure I, got, I knew how to try a case if I needed to try a case. So I went to the prosecutor's office. It was actually my plan to be there for like two years. And did I end up staying there for 10 years? <laughs> and Talk I, about getting your tenure. Right. <laughs> so I was in the solicitor's office for 10 years in state court. And then after I um, left the solicitor's office, I went to my own practice. I did my own practice criminal defense mostly. I did a little, a few other things. I did a little social security, a little family law. I did some veterans defense, um, random things here and there but mostly criminal defense. And I was also on the court appointed list. So I got hundreds and hundreds, I think over a thousand cases from the court appointed list for, you know, for the, for Gwinnett, the indigent defense um, part is you take cases on for a reduced rate. So right. you still have your own practice, but you also take on other cases. And that was what I did for the last seven years. Is that when you hear like someone that, that has a court appointed attorney? Is mm -hmm. that what that? that yes. Kind of Cause so they, a lot of people say public defender, but 
Gwinnett doesn't have a public defender system. We don't have an office that just has public defenders. We have a list of attorneys who have agreed to take on cases at a reduced rate. They have their own practices and they do their own stuff as well. So like DeKalb and Fulton, they have a public defender's office. Gotcha. And who, just out of curiosity, uh, who who compensates you? You said it's at a reduced rate. Is it the state? The, the county. The county. Very mm -hmm. nice. We bill the county for every minute, hour, whatever we do on any case. And is there a certain number that you take on annually? Is it just based on your ability to take on that work? It's just however many cases you can take on. I think I came off the list recently, well, several months ago, and I had like 160 cases when I came off the list. Wow. Yeah, so it can add, it can add up real quick. It used to be they kind of didn't want you to have more than 100 cases just because your caseload was so high. But during the pandemic, a lot of things happened. A lot of people came off the list because it's a lot of going to the jail to talk to your clients and a lot of interactions. So a lot of people came off the list during the pandemic. So caseloads went up and, you know, and I ended up with 160. They're back up again. Yeah. Absolutely. Now you got tons. Um, being that it is Mental Health Awareness Month, I did just want to ask you a little bit about the program that you initiated here in Gwinnett, the Mental Health Diversion Program. Yeah. Elaborate. When I was in the solicitor's office, we created a mental health diversion program. That's a program where people can get the treatment that they need if they have a, a severe and persistent mental illness. Um, you get a treatment plan. You stay on what is... It's a pre-trial diversion, so it's not actually a plea. And if you can comply with the treatment program and stay on track for a year, your case would ultimately get dismissed. Huh. Um, mental health is, is huge. It, it's not just in Gwinnett, but everywhere. But oh. I'd say the jail is largely um, composed of a lot of mental health issues going on in there. And that was, you know, you have to get the diet. You have to have a diagnosis. Um, and everybody is... You have to see if it's appropriate, as long as it's not somebody that's violent and that kind of stuff. Um, you find the appropriate cases and you put them in the diversion program. And they have regular checkups with the judge where they check in and make sure that you stay on track for your medication. You talk to the treatment facilities and, you know, you get the progress report for everybody to make sure everybody's on track just to try to get people back into society and functioning the way they should be. Now, what, just out of curiosity, was your motivation to kind of initiate that program? Were you just seeing lots of cases that were missed, um, you know, that people were being sentenced to things and it was truly just that they needed help? Or was it a more personal um, pursuit? No, it's a volume. It's You see a lot of it. So there's a need in the community. The problem is the mental health diversion, the mental health people can't comply with probation as well as people who don't have those same issues so you're kind of setting them up for failure when you don't pay attention to the fact that there are some other things going on that need to be treated I mean because if they don't have the problem some people they don't they can't get to the probation every month and yeah. like the getting on track and keeping a calendar is not something they would normally do so they end up going to jail because they haven't done what they're supposed to do when jail is really not the answer for some people. Some people just need the, to take their medication. Somebody needs to watch over and make sure they're doing what they're doing correctly so they can be active participants in society. Mm -hmm. 
Well, kudos to you for initiating that and helping kind of throw a wrench in that perpetual wheel. I know that oftentimes people out there want help. However, they're just unfamiliar with the resources that are available to them. Right. Talk a little bit about the partnerships that I'm sure you had to form maybe with healthcare facilities or with professionals in order to put this program into motion. Yeah. Well, when we started, um, it was viewpoint. It was we used to meet um, every couple of weeks at at the jail. There was a small office, a couple of people from probation, a couple of people from viewpoint. Um, somebody from the solicitor's office, which was me, and a defense attorney, you all sit in a, in a room and we figure out what kind of things we can do and how do we make this work so that it actually is effect, an effective program. So that's what we did for a long time. And you, you kind of figure out stuff that doesn't work because Viewpoint doesn't want to do certain things. You know, we don't want to let certain people in the program because they're a risk to society. So you kind of just hash out the details of how it works. Um, and just meet regularly to make sure that everybody knows what's going on. Well, it sounds like a success and it's still uh, ongoing, correct? It is, but it's not as active as it used to be. I'm not in the solicitor's office anymore. And then also the pandemic kind of slowed the flow of cases down. So it's still in place. I just don't know how active they're using it right now. Gotcha. My understanding is that, that the plan is to make sure it becomes more active now. Well, it sounds like you're very passionate about serving not only your community, but helping put things in place that are preventative. Absolutely. Because that's a part of stopping it before it manifests. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about um, personally, Erica mm. Dove. The first time that you and I met, um, sure, we probably met before then, but what stands out to me is when we were at the bowl at Sugar Hill. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if it was a rally for a local candidate or if it was an actual chamber event. I think it was after hours chamber event. Very nice. And we kind of, our, our vibrant personalities kind of hit it off. And we were talking about you appearing on the show at that point. But now we're finally able to finally. make it happen. <laughs> Talk a little bit about what are um, the ways that you personally um, continue to stay relevant in the marketplace here in Gwinnett and also that you serve our community. Okay. So I'm also, I'm involved in a lot of different programs. Um, different like NCNW, they have mentor programs, um, Junior League. Um, Gall, a lot of organizations that have mentor programs for little girls or different mental health programs or like we talked to some of the women at the jail, different different programs that are offered through those things. I'm also, I'm, I'm a member of the chamber. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I've renewed my <laughs> membership. If not, you can be my guest. <laughs> right. Um, and I, you know, I think you met me, I was mostly doing a lot of campaigning, so I was very active in doing all the parks, all the trying to, you know, get the word out, make sure people know to vote and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm out and about and presence in the future, in the, in the, in the community, also attended a lot of the churches, you know, just trying to get people involved mm -hmm. in voting and do the mentor programs and that kind of thing. So just busy doing that kind of stuff. Were you like on, um, were you in debate or did you do like mock trials and stuff when you're in, when you're in school? We, you are, you obviously, you yeah, in law school, you do those kind of programs, mm -hmm. the moot court stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about before college, whenever you were pursuing your degree? Um, obviously the passion was alive within you to serve. So what were your, your fortes when you were in high school? In high school, I wasn't really involved in a lot of legal programs. I was one of those nerds. I was just a straight A kid, you know, just trying to get it done and plans to go to Howard University. I don't think I really figured out. 
I mean, I did my my major was administrative administration of justice right off the the cuff, but I I wasn't really active in a lot of law programs. It kind of came afterwards because I actually delayed law school for four years after I came out of undergrad. Wow. Because I worked in a law office because I wanted to make sure this is what I wanted to get into before I actually committed myself. You know, there's a lot of involved in law school, so I wanted to make sure that was what I wanted to do before I got involved in it. And you did. And you started your own firm, which um, recently you dissolved. Yes. You have so much on your plate. Share a little bit about that experience of being um, a woman-owned firm here in the county and about some of the success that you had while you were operating. Okay. Yes. When I left the solicitor's office, that was the first thing I did. I created my own firm. It's been seven years. And, you know, as you when you work for yourself, you work harder than you would for anybody else ever. So I worked probably seven days a week, almost probably for these last seven years, um, doing the doing the court appointed list, doing retained clients, doing veterans court, doing mental health diversion, working as a prosecutor in various cities. I mean, I worked a lot of part times with the city of uh, Norcross, city of Lilburn, Swanee, covered in Brazelton, covered in Snellville. Um, the city of Chambly, like all Johns Creek, like I worked all the cities as a prosecutor part time as I had my own practice and was also involved in the Veterans Court and the mental health diversion program. That's that's a lot. <laughs> Sounds like you drove a lot of miles. I did. <laughs> it's so different now that I've shut down my practice and I only have to drive to one place now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much gas I save, yeah. especially now. It's awesome. And you and I were chatting before the show because um, I think you and I are similar in the fact that we, we jokingly say we were married to our careers. Mm-hmm. That's definitely been the case for you for the past decade, as for me. But now that you have a little bit more free time on your hands, Erica, what might you do? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm hoping to get some travel in. I haven't done any traveling it's at least in a few years. Um, not much at all in a long time, but I'm hoping to get some real trips and learn how to relax again and, you know, get to play with the dog. The dog would like to see me sometimes, you know. Poor baby. <laughs> Let's tell our listeners a little bit about Bentley. What kind of doggy is Bentley? Bentley is a collie mix. Um, he's Lassie. That's what I was going to say, Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy, I haven't did done you fall a down d- the well? Yes. Timmy. <laughs> I haven't done a DNA test on him. He's a, he's a rescue, but yeah, he's he's Lassie. That's the best kind. Mm-hmm. That's much of the best kind. He's super smart. I don't think I would be the person to collect a sample from my animal to send it to 23andMe and see just exactly what percentage greyhound you are or shepherd or like you mentioned, Lassie. I think you could take him to like PetSmart or something and get a test now. Oh, man, they're they're pulling your leg, Erica. I think. Um, <laughs> that's the COVID <laughs> test, Erica. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going to go see what, what the comp, the genetic composition of your animal is. I think you can. <laughs> okay, you tell me. You tell me what percentage Lassie Bentley is. How oh. long have you had Lassie? If I could whistle right now, isn't it? That was isn't impressive, that actually. Yes. I can't whistle. <laughs> Mike loves the sound effects. He's a goober. Well, before I fall on my fall out of my seat laughing, and before I should have told you, you could have brought Bentley. You know, he's a mess. He's got uh, a lot of hair mm. everywhere. So do we. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. 
I think that now is a good time for a word from the enthusiastic supporters of this series. Erica, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. Since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail, with their precision, machined, iron, and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB Incorporated is proud to be a returning partner of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women Series. With strong roots in the past and firm footing in the future, Capital City Home Loans combines an old-fashioned sense of community with a progressive attitude. They are a trusted full-service lender, offering mortgage finance products and empowering their associates to help clients choose the best options. They are focused on being the best and strongest lender in the Southeast. Visit cchl.com locations to see all of their offices, including Gwinnett. All right, welcome back to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierch, joined in studio by the Honorable Judge Erica Dove. Man, what a pretty name, Thank Erica you. Dove. What's your middle name? Kristen. Kristen, with a C or with a K? K. K, I love it. Erica Dove. Do people ever call you Love, Dove, Love? Dove. Oh, she rolled her anything. eyes. <laughs> Dove. Yeah. Dove. It. You never oh, know what people are reading. It's I'm like four letters, and I always say like the like the chocolate, like the soap, the right, bird, like the bird, anything yeah. that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. One of those, yeah. yeah, like love, but with a D. Yeah, dove, Eric Dove. All right, so before the break, we were talking about um, Bentley, but I'd like to kind of spin into something that I'm sure is uh, important to our listeners, and also I love to get each guest's kind of perspective on this. Um, as a successful woman leader here in our area. Obviously, there were some people that helped kind of guide your path along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so throughout your experience and um, your road and journey to success as a as an adult, who were some people that kind of were impactful throughout that throughout that process? Okay, so I would say a big person that was a, a large impact is Carla Brown. She's a state court judge. I was actually a prosecutor in her courtroom for five years. Wow. So she has been a big part of my journey. Um, but I've also been around a lot of people that have become judges over the year. Mihay Park, she's a records court judge. She was my trial partner. Wow. Um, Rodney Harris, he was um, a defense attorney when I was a prosecutor. Um, we became friends or whatever, and I've watched his path, you know. So I am very connected to a lot of the judges that are on the bench now because we've practiced together or, right. or that kind of thing. Uh, Mihay being a large part of that. She was my trial partner for a long time. We have a great relationship. But Carla Brown, I was with her for five years. So, Shout out Carla Brown. Yes. So throughout your time, is it common? I, I often see the parallel between attorney and judge. And in your experience, what is the percentage of sitting judges that have attorney experience in addition? I would say 100%. You ha- I mean, you have to practice to, to get some perspective on what you're doing. Um, you need to, well, the minimum for most positions is you have to be practicing for seven years anyway. Okay. So most people have been, not all um, have been practicing in a courtroom, but mostly, a lar- I don't know the exact percentages, but I would say a large percent, a majority. Makes sense. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Now, as your time as a judge, what do you foresee for the next three, five, ten years, if you're able to envision that far? Hopefully, I'll stay on state court. I mean, I haven't sat for state court 
um, yet. I am sitting as a magistrate court now, and I'm also sitting as a municipal court judge in a few in a couple of um, different jurisdictions, um, and I'm enjoying that. Um, and I, I enjoy being a judge, so my hope is that I'm here for a long time to come. What are some things that are paramount in your in the way that you rule, if that terminology is correct? Oh, it sounds like you're a queen. <laughs> it does. <laughs> in, your, in your ruling, obviously, um, being you, you have here that you're committed to equal justice, community respect. It's your intention to plan and work hard for Gwinnett County to serve with integrity and to rule impartially with fairness. Mm-hmm. So obviously, one could say maybe that's your mantra. What do you consider most when you're seated there on the bench when you're trying a case what are the things that that stand out to you about your character your own personal character that you then apply to your rulings a lot of it is just making sure that everybody understands what their rights are um i will say especially like when you're 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 having hearing a case where there's someone that is not represented by counsel they just a lot of times they don't understand they just sign off on things and they kind of just go along but you can tell sometimes they're not understanding what's happening so I do a lot of pauses and questions like do you understand what just happened or do you understand what the recommendation was Do you know what that means just to make sure everybody understands what's going on and sometimes I've had to say hey let's stop this um, because I think you need some legal advice because you're walking into you know a problem yeah so the biggest part of it is making sure that everybody understands what's going on in the courtroom. I bet kind of it's like corralling goats sometimes. Sometimes it is. Like sometimes you like, do you want to go get some legal advice? And they kind of look at you like, I just want to get it over with. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I think you should probably get some legal advice. Man, if you were I telling can't me tell that, you I what sure to would. do, but, you know. This is my professional suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a suggestion. Mm -hmm. I can't give you legal advice, but I, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea if you got some legal advice. And sometimes people don't catch on to it. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I can't give legal advice. But, you know, sometimes it, 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 you don't know what's going on. You're Mm -hmm. like, are you paying attention? Like, what's going on? When you mentioned magistrate, um, I think it's Chief Magistrate Christina Bloom. It Do is. you work with her at uh-huh. all? Very nice. She's my mentor for the magistrate judging right now because I'm a new judge mm-hmm. for magistrate. She is having me sit with other judges to do some of their calendars and learn and that kind of thing. Very nice. I had the great pleasure of hosting her a few months back, and she and I still actually remain in touch. And she said something that I'll share with you. I usually save to the end of the show, so you be thinking about your words of wisdom for the end that we leave our listeners. But she shared with me, and I draw back on this almost daily. You can control two things most certainly in your world, and that is your attitude and your effort. And if you're slacking on one, beef up the other ideally you'd like to have a a cool balance of both but if you're having a a poopy attitude that day man hit it hard with the effort Mm -hmm. or if you're you know then make sure you got a a stellar attitude so that always stood out to me i think that they called her the hammer christina hammer bloom (laughs) it's called a gavel professionally Uh, it is yeah it is gavel or gavelin gavel gavel Gavel. very nice do you have your own personal gavel nope it's a community gavel Come on now. Nope, not yet. Man, if you did have your own personal gavel, could you bring it to each court 
You could. You could. You for could. those of you looking for a Christmas gift for Miss Erica Dove, <laughs> a personalized gavel would be a, a great suggestion. What is the amount? What is the mat, maximum amount of cases that you've tried in one day? Like the largest amount? As a pros, well, for a jury trial, it's only been one in a day. Usually, jury trial jury trials take at least a day. Could be two or three days. So you it's, you can't really get in a lot because you the selection of the jury panel and all that stuff takes a lot of time. I've probably done a trial and maybe started another one before, but that's but as far as bench trials, I have probably done maybe seven or eight in one day. Mm-hmm. That's probably yeah, because okay. traffic ones are really short, so those don't take that long. But yeah, that's probably the hmm. amount. Man. Well, kudos to you for uh, attacking it with empathy and understanding and making sure that the people that you work with understand their rights. That's very important. Something that's also on your um, on your bio here is that you're a board member with STRAP, and that stands for Seeking the Right Amendable Path. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Share, share a little bit about that, that program. That program was started by a deputy, a Gwinnett County deputy. It's, um, he was in juvenile court a lot watching the things that happen. Um, He created a mentor program with the boys um, where actually now they get recommended to the program through the juvenile system a lot of times. It doesn't have to be a court recommendation, but that's where a lot of the referrals come from, where that's part of their sentence. It's a six-month program. They have to come every Saturday. They got uniform, khakis, white shirt. You know, they come every Saturday. for three or four hours, they learn a lesson. We have different lessons. Sometimes it's um, learning about, we go to the shelter and take them to the shelter and learn about that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's about financial um, wealth and just different things every week, different speakers. I've been there as a speaker um, as and as just a helper. Um, Kibo comes to talk sometimes. Different prosecutors come talk sometimes. Different attorneys will come talk and just talk to the kids and try to mentor them and show them the right direction instead of the alternate paths that they've been on. Are these juveniles that have had run-ins with the law previously? Yeah. And they're, most of them are under sentence, but it has been sometimes where their brother has also troubled. So mom wants them in the program so they can both learn. And that's fine too. Yeah. It's mostly people that are in the juvenile system that have, that are under sentence. Um, now they have girls. They started the girls program a few years after the boys program, but that's they have every six months there's a new class. That's very interesting. This I'm probably dating myself. I don't even know if it's still on TV these days because all I have is Netflix, the fire stick. But there was a show called Scared Straight. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think that that was an effective method? I don't know. We do jail tours with our kids, but we don't do the the scary, you know, screaming. You're face. gonna be my girlfriend yeah. type thing. You know, we just try to show them this is what happens, so that you don't want to end up here. Um, they don't do the. I I haven't personally experienced the scared tr- straight experience. Um, Probably but not theatrics. It's it is, but we do do a jail tour to say, hey, this is where you can end up staying for a while if you, you know, keep it up. Mm. How do you sign people up for that jail tour? Well, I don't, you know, he's a deputy, so that he's got the connections. I'm sure Kibo probably okay. has yeah. a system where people can do tours. Very interesting. Well, speaking about our youth and speaking about educating them and kind of being preventative 
and not reactive. What are some things that we as a collective community can do to help kind of lighten your load um, in the courtroom? I don't know. There's a whole, I would say the biggest problem I think that's out there right now is mental health. So we need partnerships and connections for people to get treatment. And I know that's a huge ask um, and resources are limited with that. I think the homelessness is probably a big issue with some of that. Some of that you're not going to be able to control because people are going to do what they're going to do. But I do think a large part of it is mental health. So treatment and and counseling and, you know, just some love and support sometimes is, is what's needed to keep some people out of trouble. Well, you have to use your mind quite a bit while you're um, serving our county. What do you do to kind of relax or kind of disengage when you get home? Because I'm sure you hear some pretty wild things or I'm sure you just mm -hmm. have some pretty exhausting days. I am a terrible, terrible example of never being able to turn it off. I'm just always on. So how do you kind of uh, allow yourself to relax? So this is new to me. I actually have been on for so long. I don't know what to do. So what at, the dog is one thing, playing with the dog and, you know, throwing the Frisbee mm -hmm. and doing Get that. The other thing that I have started to find joy in is taking care of my lawn. Cutting the grass and stuff has... It's for some reason, that's my, I don't answer the phone. I just relax and cut the grass. I don't know why that is, but that's become one of my relaxation tactics. I like it. <laughs> well, not only are you uh, pride of ownership of your home, but getting out there in nature, mm -hmm. as long as the mosquitoes aren't biting, I is refreshing. Focus on my lines and when I'm cutting the grass. It's so crazy. But Do you is. do like the diagonal pattern? I do. do you stop I it? do. <laughs> I'm driving by and looking. <laughs> I do. Hey, and I don't know if you use a push mower or a rider, but the push mower is no joke. A push get, mower. I don't have a rider. Yeah. That's a good workout. And my lines is, yeah, that's what I focus on when I'm cutting the grass. Yeah. Good for you. Well, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of psychology behind that. I've heard some people are really into meditation. They highly recommend doing something to ground yourself daily and literally like taking off your shoes and standing barefoot on the grass to connect with nature. Because if you think about it, I mean, uh, well, actually, I take it back at the Preface Project Gala. I did walk barefoot on the grass when hmm. I left because my, my heels were killing me. And it was such a <laughs> nice, gra nice grass at TPC Sugarloaf. But outside of that, I don't can tell you when I walked around barefoot in the grass. Right, there's you, bugs out there, yeah. right? It's supposed to, supposed to be good for the soul. Huh. Okay, I so once no you cut those lines, flip off your Nikes, and, and just do, 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 see, see how it makes you feel. Okay. And if you're itchy, okay, right. I'll take that too. <laughs> I'll take that hit. <laughs> Erica, as we, come, as we round the end of our program, I want to give you an opportunity to share any final thoughts or any, any words of wisdom or anything that you'd like to share with our audience um, before we round, round the end. Okay. So now you put me on the spot with the words of wisdom and I'm, I haven't thought of like those words at this point. Um, I don't know. I guess it's really a lot of, I don't know what's going on in society right now. I think there's a lot, a lot of love and support that needs to be out there and fixing because everything's going crazy. Violence is going up and that kind of thing. So I just think that it's important to love and support each other right now. So that, I guess that's my big takeaway for the day absolutely 
I love and support you, Erica. Well, thank you. <laughs> Erica Love. Erica Love Dove. Right. <laughs> well, for those of you out there listening, you know you can find these episodes 24-7 on businessradiox.com by selecting the Gwinnett Studio. Also, you can listen wherever you find your podcasts. I listen on Apple iTunes. Where do you listen to podcasts, Erica? I'm an Android girl. Android, so. so you got the Spotify. Yeah. Everybody's got <laughs> the Spotify's. Um, please subscribe. And if you find value in the series, we'd love for you to hit that five stars. We will be returning uh, in January with some new exciting guests and some new exciting sponsors. So we look forward to continuing on and celebrating uh, powerhouse women of our community. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn, Amanda, P-E-A-R-C-H. And for my guests today, Erica and our producer, Mike, I'm Amanda, and we'll catch you next time on Celebrating Powerhouse Women. <laughs>